Hello everybody and welcome to the very first episode on the Video Ask podcast. I'm really excited to be here today with you. I'm Alex Antolino, creative director at Typeform and running the Video Ask brand. And today I'm very excited to kick off our new podcast where we're going to bring really interesting people that will give you tips on how to make your business more personal, how to communicate better, how to use your camera to make your message across through all the world. So today I'm really excited to actually have a very interesting guest, in my opinion. Um, We will talk about how to communicate better, how to feel more comfortable with the camera, and basically how can you sound more confident. So... um, Today's guest, she helps people achieve high-performance communication. Um, She's been a soprano opera singer for more than 20 years, which is is amazing to me. Uh, She has a background on literature, music performance, and speech pathology. And she's lived, studied, and worked extensively across many different countries all over the uh, the world, including South Korea, Germany, Bosnia and Bulgaria. So today we have Sarah Logbegager. Sorry about that, Sarah. You you will know how to explain this better. She's the chief speech pathologist at uh, Boy Science. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing? Really well. So nice to see you. <laughs> Sorry about that super failed intro. <laughs> how should we? What is your name? How should we pronounce it, Sarah? Sure. So my name is Sarah Lobergeiger Deradragon. Oh. Ten syllables that name. <laughs> so this is the first. Here you go. So this is the first communication tip for me: how to pronounce names better. Okay, Sarah. So thanks for being here on the podcast episode today. I'm really excited to talk about uh, communication. This is something sometimes um, people don't think about it too much because it's like a given when we talk. We're just talking, but actually the way we deliver the message it's probably really important. So today we're going to be talking about this precisely. So how to communicate with confidence. And Sarah will give us some tips on um, how can we talk in a way that sounds more confident and actually how can we do this through a camera. So Sarah, um, so thank, again, thanks again for being on the podcast. And before anything else, I just want to jump right into the first question that I'm really excited to ask you. So... As I said, we all talk and we all know how to communicate, but what is, what is it about communication that really matters? How, why the way we deliver our message is important? Look, Alex, it's such a great question. I always like to say that it's a bit cheesy. I am a Big Bang fan, but I always say communication is like string theory. It really is the foundation of absolutely everything. It's the means by which we communicate our identity, our values, our emotions, our business, if we have a business, and the way that we build connections with people that we fall in love with, people that we work alongside. So it really is without communication, without some strategy around our communication, um, you know, the world is just monochromatic. It's what brings color. <laughs> oh, life, I, I right? love that. I love that. Yeah. That's a beautiful analogy. And um, so that's a really good start. I'm actually already really excited about learning, um, picking up your brain a little bit on like, you know, how, how we can actually do this better, which is something that we do every day. It's like breathing, it's like eating. And sometimes we don't even um, consider it that to be so important. So, okay, um, I made a little intro for yourself, but um, I just wanted to give you a chance to tell us a little bit of who you are and what it is that you do. 
Sure. So first and foremost, I'm Australian. So I live at the bottom of the world and my whole life I've been so fascinated with languages because Australia is so far away from everywhere. So the sounds of different languages have always interested me. I think that's one of the reasons why I became an opera singer was just this incredible fascination with sound and the human voice. So that's kind of how I started my life, making silly sounds as a kid, imitating my favourite opera singers. Very strange to sort of be interested in that as a kid. And then as I developed, I um, had a love of words as well. I wanted to be a Shakespearean actress as a young kid. Actually, I wanted to be a French actress. She wanted to be a French actress, but my mom was like, you're not French, so that will never happen. So I switched to Shakespearean as my goal. And then later in my 20s, I moved into opera and, you know, just devoted all my energy to that, which is pure expression, expression of emotion in its most pure form, relying on sound and communicating a message to an audience. And then, you know, being a poor musician in Europe was getting a little bit tough. So I decided I needed a trade. So I selected a healthcare profession, but I chose the profession I felt was the most artistic, the most expressive of the medical fields. And I went into logopedy or speech pathology. And um, through that, I saw that there's so many correlations between my love of literature and performing because it's all about helping others perform their words Mm -hmm. and express their feelings. And, um, And now I'm, I guess, an opera singing speech pathologist. Um, so yeah, lots of exciting things and lots of passions, multi multiple passions. I'd have to say. <laughs> okay, that's Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like extremely well, actually, in depth. Um, so. This is really interesting. I like how you say you like to help others, you know, um, you know, have more impact maybe on like when they're expressing themselves. And I like how you come from this like more artistic, like um, musical background and you kind of like leverage this into even business because you're like helping individuals and, and companies and brands um, express better themselves through their voice, basically. And that's actually like, it sounds even poetic, I think. Um, what, so when you say you help other people, what impact do you think good communication can have on our development as individuals or even as professionals? Communication is like the yellow brick road in The Wizard of Oz. You know, Mm -hmm. the more steps you take, the more strategies you have, the more you know the path of how to modify your message with your your voice, your projection, being assertive, being diplomatic, finding the language for your profession, the more opportunities you're ready for when they come your way. And I think having a really good, you know, kind of tool stack for your communication, just like you might for your tech, and your IT systems, it's so important because you never know what opportunity might present itself. And if you're not ready for it, you might miss out or you might actually not participate. And I see so many people failing to participate in all the opportunities that come their way because of their sense of self and their sense around their communication abilities. And frankly, with a bit of strategy, you can actually go so much further than you might have ever dreamed of. Um, and Got you. <laughs> yeah 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 that makes total sense i like how you so there's a sense of self-awareness that is kind of like needed right when we're communicated and talking yes that's absolutely cool. and we're always perceiving our own communication when we go to communicate and that's where the role of a speech pathologist can be really helpful because predominantly we're there to advocate for our client and find ways for our client to have realistic understanding about their ability Mm -hmm. so that they can 
you know, participate more effectively. So we're looking for the barriers that someone might face with their communication, but also so much of my job, the area I'm really interested in is letting a client know through my analysis what, it, what their communication strengths are. Because once you know your strengths, you can do more of it. You can exaggerate them. You can bring them out even more. And a lot of people don't walk around life knowing exactly what they're good at when they're communicating. So I'm always mm. looking for that with my clients so I can draw their attention to it. And then through that, they tend to build their confidence as well. That's actually re really interesting because um, I am, I for example, I'm a person like that likes to be very self-aware and I am aware that maybe communicating is not necessarily my best skill and it's something I need to work on. But it's one of those things that it's like going to the gym. It's like, do you, it's not like you, you need to wake up one day and, and commit to it, I guess. Right. I don't know. It's like, I feel it's something it's been on the back of my mind for a while now, but like, I, I always say, yeah, I need to, you know, uh, maybe improve my pronunciation or things like that, or even like, how do I express myself? Um, and I don't know, it's just like something that it's a good reminder um, because it maybe has even more impact than what we actually think, right? Yeah, absolutely. But also by the same measure, when I first graduated as a speech pathologist, we get out like the rock stars of communication. <laughs> you know, and we also set this expectation on ourselves that we've got to be perfect at it all. And then we realize that we're also human and that the biggest challenge of communication, Alex, is that it's always spontaneous, unless yeah. if it's written form. So I think we're always finding our feet. We've got people who are communication experts per se, but we can never anticipate how our conversation partner will react to us. So we can fail. I will fail in my communication at times. There's no such thing really as a communication expert because we can never really fully rehearse for every single conversation we'll have. And that's why I think it's really important for your listeners to realize that it is so normal to feel uncomfortable when you're speaking. Yeah, I, I like that. Just that makes me feel that. better sometimes. Oh, no, <laughs> right? You should feel good about that. And that's if you good. feel stressed when you're communicating, that also shows that you actually really care, care about your course. Partner, right? Yeah, 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 100%. You're so egocentric, I think, I if you didn't feel that twinge of oh my goodness i hope i did it okay yeah, yeah i love that so come on sarah bring it on give us some tips on how can we communicate in more in a more flexible way and in a more agile way sure so i think one of my biggest tips is for all multilingual speakers. So these days we all view that English is the dominant language in the world and everyone's gonna have perfect English and perfect English sounds a certain way. But I wanna tell everyone listening to this, if you're needing to speak in English for your work and English is your second language, you must know this point of information. Did you know that at the moment in the world, there's more non-native speakers of English than native speakers? So technically that places me as a native speaker in the minority. So there's no such thing as a strong accent. There's no such thing as bad English or bad pronunciation. In fact, if you're communicating in that English as a second language or in another language as your second language, you have so many more skills as a bilingual communicator. You bring more empathy, more tolerance, more creativity. We've got that from research. So speak proud, stand tall, use your voice, speak fully, and don't doubt your language proficiency just because English is your second language. You should be so grateful. Two languages is better than one. So be proud of that. I think hopefully that's 
a good one to you know that should reach the world i actually like that one because i get it's true that yeah. um like people like for example in spain and especially in barcelona where like i am which is actually literally in the opposite side of the world as you are right now which makes time schedule very funny <laughs> there um but like actually it's true like i get this a lot and sometimes we don't really necessarily um value this like for example i speak um spanish i speak um catalan um because of where i live in barcelona so by default i speak already two languages and then english on top of this and there's even people who i don't even know what how they do it but like they talk like five six that that's to me it's like way beyond my my expectations but like yeah it's, it's actually a good point because like sometimes we don't value this necessarily that much and actually there's yeah like many 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 people um they speak english very well and that's just one language but to all of you guys um listening if you are struggling because english is your second language this is a good very good advice from sarah i would say um just be aware that they're like you're in majority so you're good basically right Exactly. And also, you know, this idea of a strong accent, I meet so many people at Voice Science who are so worried about their strong accent. There's no such thing. There's absolutely no such thing as a strong accent. If I go and live in London, I have a really strong accent, right? So <laughs> it's all relative to the listener. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. don't let that hold you back. Never let that hold you back. Speak, speak with confidence. I actually have a language. question. Yeah, exactly. I actually have a question for you guys uh, watching this. Um, is this because it's it's important for us to get to know you? So if you can drop on the comments, uh, is English your um, first language or your second language? Are you native English speaker? Um, just say it on the comments. I'm native English speaker or English is my second language. We would like to know you uh, and we'd like to understand better. Um, like, yeah, who you are and what is it that you're uh, interested about? So, yeah, feel free to engage uh, on the comments. We'll read all of those and 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 get back to you. Um, cool, Sarah. So that that was already a, a good advice. Do you have more um, tips on how to actually um, speak with more flexibility and agility. Yeah, absolutely. So. There's so much in the world today that's visual, right? We all get on Instagram and binge it, <laughs> you know, binging. I'm binging on Instagram constantly or we're watching TED Talks and YouTube videos and all of those things. But I actually think the new dimension of relationship and even advertising and communication for business is vocal tone. So we know from research that if a listener is completely uninterested in the message, You could flash amazing graphics, play funky beats, you know, have amazing segues with captioning and all of these features. But the only thing that will really catch your listener's attention is tone of voice. Mm. And there's so much heavy research behind this from advertising because in advertising, you're paying a massive premium for, you know, maybe 10 seconds on air. So the advertisers have a lot of stakes where they really need the listener to listen. And we know from research that it's the tone of the voice that will catch attention. So that's a really important one. What is a good tone of voice? Good tone of voice is acoustic. It has this quality called resonance. So what that means is the sound of the voice as the muscle moves is positioned so that the sound cuts straight forward into the front of the face so your listener gets it. So any kind of speech quality like that <laughs> will always really work against you really want nice tone in your sound and 
a nice balance of expression. So a lot of people are worried that they sound really monotone like that. Obviously that's boring, but also if you put too much expression in your message, it will also detract from the content. So you need just enough expression, not too much, and good resonance or acoustic, give your voice a bit of energy. And that's usually achieved by learning how to warm up your voice, learning how to prepare your breath so that the muscle moves nice and symmetrically. And basically just, you know, speaking with a good volume without too much force or too little force where we'd get that kind of sound. <laughs> I love this yeah. actually. So you guys watching, take notes, like don't go like this, talking like this. I like how you did the examples that's so useful. Um, and make sure your tone is not like all the time the same. So you still get engagement from people, but you don't seem like extreme um, when oh. you're delivering your message. I'm actually curious, do you think um, it's the same when I'm talking like on a meeting, for example, when I'm doing a presentation at work, or uh, if I need to do uh, public speaking, for example, at a conference, because many people are comfortable in like meeting rooms, but I see when they uh, jump on stage for a public um, speaking session, they go like crazy and insecure. And of course, there's like a lot of things going on when, when, you, do, when you do that. Um, do you think it's the same or like it's, it's slightly different because of the, uh, you know, like the audience and the, the environment? Yeah, so when we're under performance pressure, the brain is processing the stress and that has an impact at a kind of hormonal level. The brain is processing okay. so much information, like having a hundred windows open on your computer and the system starts to crash, you hear the noisy fan. Um, so when we're presenting in contexts where we don't feel comfortable or in contexts that aren't frequent, so it might be even business phone calls or delivering a sales pitch or asking someone out on a date. That's also important. <laughs> we'll notice that often the speaker, and this is another strategy, a speaker can easily lose sense of the timing of the message. So what you might find typically if you're feeling a lot of performance, stress and tension when communicating is that your sense of time is false. You get this skew sense of time, which is why people are such a really, really rush and everything's going so fast because everything's in overdrive. So a good strategy, especially for public speaking at the very first point of entering the stage and you know standing at the platform, you need to have this behavior where you breathe, you wait a moment, and you should always feel that you start too slow because in those moments, you're completely surpassing the speed of the atomic clock. What feels like one second to you is actually probably 0.005 of a second. So you're just going to go into total overdrive. So you should feel slow. You might always, you might actually feel a little bit like you're not so smart when you communicate in this setting because words must fall slower. I love this. Does that I make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I do a lot of public speaking and uh, yeah. well, not now <laughs> because like because of all the madness we're going through. But I do yeah. a lot of uh, I used to I used to do a lot of like public speaking, like with big crowds. And um, I don't get nervous, like insecure or anything like that. I get pumped. And I think that excitement is what makes me rush, 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 rush. And I start talking like right now, like I don't even like vocalize properly. Um, so that, yeah. you know, like take a deep breath, you know, feel like you're slowing down. Actually, it, that I resonate with this 100%. That's a really good tip. Yeah. You should feel slightly too slow, but if you go really, really slow, a lot of people think that if their speech is perfect and everything flows, the listener will like it. But notice what happens when I do this. My name is Sarah. 
Okay, so that's clean and calm, but I lost my sincerity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we know that listeners, and this is a great study, and I think anyone listening, this should reassure you. Everyone's worried about saying um and like, and they read all these things. Don't say um all the time. But when you have these little moments where your speech disrupts or you can't find the word you need, you show that you're actually really speaking and that gives an authentic message. Otherwise, I would walk around with a teleprompter. But people don't want to hear a teleprompted message. They want to hear the real you. So anytime you might slip a word out incorrectly, the listener hears that this is actually a sincere message. It's not pre-rehearsed. It's someone being really truthful and authentic with me. And it's more organic, which is so much more human. So be kind to yourself. Love yeah. this. Guys, I don't know about you, but like I'm taking all of these notes because I find like all these like golden nuggets. Like that's that's great. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. That's amazing. Um, we've talked about public speaking. We talk about delivering the message, but we haven't talked much about how to receive the message. So um, if you want, we can jump a little bit into this because communication, it's not just, you know, sharing ideas but actually you know digesting ideas from other people and capturing those ideas so what do you have to say about this how do we how can we be good listeners yeah this is a really tough one especially for people who like talking <laughs> me <laughs> and me it's really tough the most important thing when you're communicating is empathy And we've got a lot of insight from recent journal articles about the importance of empathy to persuade your listener that you actually mean something, that you value them. So when you're listening while someone's speaking to you, you must stop interrupting. That's so important. It's so challenging. And actually, you might find that that will be an ongoing goal that you constantly have to check in with. But interruptions make your listener feel like you don't value what they have to say. And I still interrupt people. I I have to constantly fight the urge to dominate because I love talking. I love expressing. But a good way to stop interrupting people, especially at this point in time, I think everyone's interrupting everyone on Zoom. It's like a full-on war out there to get a message across, right? Do you get me, Alex? Like, Do you feel like conferencing calls really hard? Yeah. It's hard because Sorry. like when we're talking, like the communication, it's not like instant. It's like it's not like you're having, you know, this person in front of you. And like, you know, if you communicate in real life and you interrupt each other in real life, imagine on like something like Zoom that sometimes has this, you know, mm-hmm. delays or like, you know, things like and you like get into this awkward situation. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you talk <laughs> It's like. Yeah. So you can try and insert a three second silence. You probably won't give three seconds, but you should feel this silent moment between every new point that's uttered, kind of when the new point from your conversation partner completes, just wait, have a delay. So here you're also stretching time, just like you would when you're public speaking. So someone might say, that's a great idea. And you're not going to respond immediately because they may not be done yet. So you just wait a little moment. Yeah, fantastic. Let's do it. Yeah. So oh, that I love that. More I'm actually, 
I'm actually, yeah. you see, I was going to say, I'm actually going to start practicing and I already interrupted you. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> one, two, I mean, three. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three. Okay, cool. I love this. So actually, um, building rapport is an important thing, right? Um, and building rapport, can you explain, because we've here, I've heard this uh, many times. I'm not sure if I know how 100% what it actually means. So um, could you explain what is actually building rapport and why is it important? Yeah, so building rapport is predominantly advocating for your conversation partner. So when you advocate for them, you're partnering with them so that they feel that you value them. Mm -hmm. And with that, they will trust you more. And obviously all of these recommendations are done in the context of you being a decent human being. You know, obviously you can (laughs) apply all sorts of strategies with the wrong motive. So please make sure that your motives are transparent and genuine and honest. So using rapport building strategies, we've got a few ways we can build rapport with our conversation partner. Um, Most of the approaches are around using similar language as your communication partner. So if you show words like the words that they use or the formality like the formality that they use, they'll feel a sense of affinity and that will make them feel like the relationship is being built in a meaningful manner. So that's one way that you can kind of build it so that would be let's just say I tend to be quite formal actually but I won't speak in the same manner to every client I work with I may have a client who is a racing car driver or I could have a client who's a CEO for a large investment bank I have to modify my manner so I might use short punchy sentences that match the racing car driver's language choice and I might use more formalized you know, corporate style ways of addressing my conversation partner, but always picking up from the language they're using, not just assuming on the basis of qualification, because you can meet so many different types of personalities within different industries. So I want to modify my message to meet my listener. I also need to watch out for behaviors like um, making the message easier for them to understand. So creating more structure with my message. If I make my message digestible, my listener will feel comfortable. So I'm trying to avoid jargon. Very tricky Mm. um, when we talk about our areas of expertise. So I'm talking about communication at the moment. I have to be really careful. And I've probably breached that a few times or I've gone a little bit too complex. My sentences could be a bit shorter. Finding ways to make the content accessible for anyone and everyone. So we don't want to sound academic. We don't want to sound smart. We want to sound real. We want to sound like a friend. Mm -hmm. We know that if people are listening to anyone, like if we choose who we want to talk to, we want to talk to our friends. We don't want to talk to our lecturers. And there's also another study that says the most boring styles of public speaking, no offence to professors, is the lecture format. So we like to consume stuff that sounds like our friends. So keep it really informal as much as you can and people will have your attention. You build rapport with that. Yeah. One, two, three. (laughs) <laughs> so this is exact this is actually um really really interesting what you just touched on this um and this is actually what we're trying to do with video ask like this is basically why the whole product what what is built on this idea of like sound like your friend like this what you say i couldn't agree more with this um people don't want to talk with professionals or people don't want to talk with you know educators teachers whatever they want to talk with people just like you and um and uh, i like this idea of adjusting um to the context and to the other person it's basically empathy as you said before 
Um, and I also like this idea of like, just be one more, you know, like on the conversation, be, uh, talk like your friend, people want to talk to their friends. So, um, this is not a trend just in the, com in communication, but actually like in the way we all do business, um, because like companies now are more trying to be like your friend than actually, um, than actually that, that perfect entity that never you know fucks it up or whatever so i really i really like that you touched on this on how do we communicate because it's i couldn't agree more with that mm. another one that's really nice that i read from a paper which i loved i never really thought about this but it's this idea of so you want your conversation partner to feel this i may not always be in your thoughts but show me that you think about me so we're really busy in our life right and everyone's so busy and I read in this journal article that customers actually it was about customers customers feel valued and they love a brand when you show them that you're thinking about them even if you haven't you're going to be sincere um, but you're going to show that you've really thought about them even if you know you may not always think about them so you're using your language to actually really address that person in front of you Let's just say it's a close friend. You haven't seen them for a while. You're going to find ways with your questions that you ask them that show that you've been thinking about them. So that might sound like this at this point in time. You know, I haven't spoken to you for ages. I know you're in the hospital. Tell me what that's looking like at the moment. That must be really hard for you dealing with your long shifts at the moment. Or if you're dealing with a tech support guy, you guys must be totally inundated setting up everyone's webcams to do Zoom meetings. How are you going? So do that even with your stakeholders. That shows care. That shows that you're actually nurturing that person. Even though you haven't really thought about all the demands and pain points that they have in their life, you're going to find a way to show this sense of empathy and emotional reward. And then the other strategy, I'm so sorry if I'm dominating, but I really think this one's really important. In all that you say and all that you do, you need to give emotional reward to your conversation partner, even if you don't like them. That's just basic decency. So your language should be there to make someone feel intelligent, to make people stand tall, to make people's eyes sparkle, no matter what. If you're tired, if you're grumpy, if you need another coffee, coffee, I don't really care. Find ways to reward your conversation partner because that's someone's life right in front of you. And we can't be, we can't be lazy with that, right? Ooh. They're someone's child, they're someone's partner. Don't cheat from them, don't ghost them. If someone contacts you, get back to them. You know, do all those things that you want. Treat others how you would like to be treated and reward that conversation partner, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, yeah. Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm like feeling fire inside. Like I th I just didn't want to interrupt you because like you said so many interesting things in this life to in these last two minutes that I'm like, I, I'm like, guys, like if you're like building brands or like you're a marketer, you're a founder, all these kind of things uh, and you're in charge of a business, everything that Sarah is saying can apply to your business. And I think that's the magic of this. Uh, I used to say as a creative director, I work and on building brands and I always say brands are like people. So all those things that Sarah, you're saying, about um, how to communicate with other people, how to show that you care about other people. They work for life, but they're also like super applicable for businesses. And so actually yes. I want to um, collect that one sentence you said before. Um, how is that exactly? If you can repeat it again, don't like, don't think like, you, like you're there, but I'm thinking like you all the time. How was that again? 
I may not always, so you want the listener, your communication partner, your business contact, even your spouse. Why not do this with your spouse? You know, mm -hmm. I may not always think about you, but show me that you think about me a lot. So that should be the reaction yes. of your listener. Yeah? yeah, I'm not thinking about you, but you're showing me that you actually really care. You really think about me with your language, with your eye contact. That's really important these days because we're all like, you know, planet on the phone. <laughs> I might braid it. I can go to Mars. I just went to my mobile. You know, that's where we're all headed. So, you know, lift your gaze, show a smile um, and, and show that person that you're really thinking about them. Yeah. And that one sentence can apply. I'm actually going to write it down after this conversation and like apply it to business because like for brands, yeah. sometimes companies don't know how to, you know, you know, relate with their customers and audiences. And I think this is like a really nice way to express how you has to, you have to be there as a company for your audience and your customers. But at the same time, yeah. um, you know, you need to leave them their space and like, you know, you know, like acknowledge them as, you know, individuals. And I think this sentence is just like, oh, I love that part. Yeah, thanks for sharing I that. Yeah, it was a real epiphany for me because I get really busy. I get a lot of queries. I have a lot of, you know, my job is so people facing. That's why I love it. But with that comes sometimes a sense of fatigue and a need. I'm a real extrovert, but I also have a need for a bit of personal space because I sit across from one person all day for eight hours a day, you know, dealing with a person's communication. I love it. But when I read that, it made me realize that even if I'm stressed, even if I'm busy, even if I need a sabbatical because I'm seven years into my business nearly, I have to always make that person feel like I'm thinking about them because they sought me out. They, they invested money in me or they invested their time in me. What a lot of value. I mustn't ever, you know, be like, oh, I'm so busy. I can't be bothered. And that really refreshed me because, you know, it gets tiring. Like work is busy. But that if you focus on that, I think you'll find that you'll have the energy. You'll bring the energy to your clients and your friends, you know, and they really deserve that of you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I really, I really love that. Actually, I want to ask you guys watching, um, what is your role? What do you do? Like, are you a founder? Do you have a business? Um, are you a marketeer? Are you a designer? Uh, strategies? What is your role? Like, um, I'm really curious to see um, how are you digesting, you know, this golden nugget from Sarah? And um, yeah, and so we've talked a lot about um, talking and communication between people uh, on different uh, contexts and different places, like um, like the public speaking or on a meeting or even like on a conversation. And I want to spend the last few minutes talking about um, a new um, element that we're talking to most of the time, especially these days, which is a camera. So actually, especially yeah. with like COVID and all those things, we spend a lot of time, like literally right now, talking to a lens on a camera. And this can be extremely challenging for most people. Um, and it's something that, in my opinion, you get used to it, but you need to like train and like develop and ha have it for it. So I wonder if you have also some advice or some tips on how to get more comfortable when talking to a camera. <laughs> Yeah, so practice makes perfect, but that's not the only tip, you know, get behind the camera, take lots of opportunities, make it a habit, actually, you could have a habit tracker, pop it on your fridge, and check off five minutes behind your phone lens or behind your webcam, where you're actually talking right into the lens, like focus on the bullseye, um, that will help a lot. 
I find that if I do it daily, I um, it's a lot less stress when I'm making vlogs. So I find if I'm doing something regularly in front of the lens, I start to find my speech fluency. I start to find my message a lot easier. Um, but it's definitely something that it's a bit like, you know, keeping up your running paces. If you're running, you're going to lose a bit of form if you don't do it regularly. So definitely see it as something that you do regularly to get better at. And, you know, I still have personal goals about what I want to do behind the camera. I'm not trained for camera. I'm trained for stage. So for me, everything's really big. So I'm really trying very hard to just reduce my movements, you know, because mm -hmm. it's not a stage. Um, other strategies, you can do a lot of things prior to going onto the camera. So things like warming up your voice beforehand will help you prepare your breath. So learning how to warm up your voice, it's not complicated. You know, it should just be like brushing your teeth. If you're in a customer facing role, so much is about your tone of voice. So learning some basic principles around how you get your muscle nice and supple so it works better and doesn't get tired is really important. Another thing is posture. So this is a great tip. What you want to aim for to get good sound because the camera will actually pick up everything and the microphone will pick up everything vocally so you want to get the best sound possible so if you actually aim to have your gaze parallel with your lens and you're always going to keep it parallel that will make you look confident my my um lens is a little lower than my gaze but i'll just show you so i'm going to have a parallel line with my chin and a parallel line with my gaze and I'll always look straight and forward like that okay I'm not looking at you because of the lens where it is versus if I tilt my chin down I lose the parallel and watch this I'll just show you something with my vocal tone I'll just twist to the side I'm going to take a vowel that's clean and clear okay uh, and listen to my voice quality if I lose my symmetry with my posture uh, oh so we have a sweet spot vocally and that's on the basis of how the muscle sits. So if you have good posture for the camera, that's going to work well for the visual, but it will also reinforce the vocal. Yeah, that's it. So you should have a bit of length. Here. Okay. So let me, let me try for a second. Let me hold on. So it would be like, uh, so do I need to like, like do a sound like, uh, yeah, you could, yeah. Keep your... Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> it is super... You have great Sorry, I cut you off. I'm so No, rude. no, no. It's just like, it's true. Like, it's yeah. like, you, you can try it at home, guys. Like, if you've never done anything like this, you just make a sound, uh, and then it cuts off. Like, it's it's, it's just like that. Yeah. That's that's incredible. So I like how, you know, you gave already some tips, you know, like, make sure you have the poster, you practice every day. Um, and the poster is like, as, as you've shown, super important. And yeah, I think also I can add to that. When uh, I have a lot of friends who like, because I jump on stories on my Instagram, right? And uh, some friends are like, oh, I really like how you jump on stories. I wish I could do that, but I'm like shy. And, um, and once someone gave me a really good advice that I, I want to share, um, there's, because there's two things. One thing is like getting used to talk to a camera, right? And the other thing is getting used to talk knowing that people will watch that footage, and those True. are two different things because one is the physical thing, like the, the actual, like I'm talking to an object. And the other one is the, the, the insecurity, the mental thing, right? So um, someone said to me once, like, you don't even need, you, you need to, you can make a story or something or a video or something like that, knowing that you won't share it just to get used to it. So you don't have to train yes. both things at the same time. 
And I thought that was super smart. So if you're like camera shy or like you're like freaking out because you know, like you're, you're uncomfortable or like you're a bit confident, we've all went, gone through this. Um, and a good tip um, on my end would be just like record yourself knowing that you want to use this just to get to record yourself. And then just like delete the video and do it again. And at some point, if you do this like every day for one week, you get used to it and you don't care anymore about it being recorded. And now you can share it. So you build on those things separately and not like, you know, this massive mountain that is like, oh, I don't like, I'm not a camera person. Like no one is a camera person, you know, like it's just like it's something that you can be extrovert. You just need to train. Absolutely. That's such a great strategy. I love that you said no one's a camera person. That's true. very true. It's yeah. true. Like even like, so, yeah, no, it's true. Cause like, for example, I'm an, in, I'm an extrovert and I really like, you know, expressing myself and like, you know, like I like public speaking, I like, like, like the show going on, but, uh, but like, I, it's not, that doesn't mean that I'm comfortable talking to a camera. Also, um, we have the camera here on the, for this podcast, we have the camera here. I'm looking at Sarah who are like, she's like on my laptop here. So when I'm actually talking to Sarah, I'm actually looking at the camera and you're doing the same. Uh, and this is yes. like, it's something we're not used to it. To it, so it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't be uh, afraid to like try. Um, again, reducing this friction of like not necessarily having to share it could be um, a good way to start at least. Um, okay, so we've talked about about many uh, different things. I don't know if there's something that I didn't ask you uh, that you want to talk about. Yeah, look, I think when you when you entertain, and this is not to put the stakes high or make everyone feel like they need to become like, you know, a, a circus monkey, or you, although you can if you feel like it, but when you entertain people um, by showing who you really are, and that could even be moments of, you know, oh my goodness, what should I say? People love it. I noticed that if I post even just a, a photo of me with some stupid face in my Instagram where I might think I don't really look very pretty or I've got lipstick on my teeth or, you know, how do I wear my beats with my glasses at the same time and look cool? And there could be some like quirky photo of me, mm -hmm. which isn't cool at all. Everybody loves it because I showed that I'm actually, I'm, you know, when mm -hmm. we see perfect people, we feel intimidated. So be like embrace all of you embrace the goofy you embrace the nerdy you if the, if you've got a bit of that embrace the um the boring you even you know because there's going to be someone who loves the boring you so just bring it bring out all those colors of your personality and don't aim for perfection it's not about being perfect it's just about being sincere being honest and communicating a message and if you have a really sincere motive behind your message the listener will know because listeners know when you're being real and they know when you're being fake. They can read you. So just be true to yourself. Mm. Yeah. On the camera as much as you can. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that's the best way to end uh, this conversation. Uh, guys, be yourself. Um, perfection doesn't exist. So if you try to be perfect, nobody, uh, nobody buys this. Uh, it's just like a failed strategy from the start. So I love that. Uh, thanks so much, Sarah, for uh, sharing all of this with us today. I definitely, I learned a lot and I hope you guys watching learned a lot too. Um, Sarah, if they, they want to find you, they want to learn more about you, um, they can watch your YouTube channel, right? 
So if yes, you guys want to um, learn more about you're interested on like how can you express yourself with confidence, Sarah shares a lot of insights on her YouTube channel, uh, Boy Science um, on YouTube. And then you can also check her website, theboyscience.com. So um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Look, Alex, it was such a great conversation. I was so excited to speak with you after we chatted a few weeks ago. Yes. So thank you so much for the gift of your time and your enthusiasm. It's been so much fun. Same here, Sarah. Thanks so much for uh, talking to me. I really learned a lot and I really appreciate you sharing all this knowledge. And yeah, so thanks uh, everyone watching. I think that's it. Um, again, if you want to uh, check Sarah's uh, YouTube, I really recommend. If you want to check our website, we're going to be sharing a lot of uh, insights and knowledge um, on our um, Instagram channel also. So make sure you check uh, Video Ask app. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm out of here. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, make sure if you like this, uh, uh, if you like this, actually like it and support us by um, hitting that thumbs up um, and subscribing to the channel if you like this, because there's more of this coming. Um, thanks. And that's it.